Hi, CityCast listeners. American alligators, the kind that live in the Houston area, came off the endangered species list in the 1990s, but now they're facing a whole new round of threats. Here to talk about that and to explain how exactly you study an alligator nest are CityCast contributor Scott Solomon, who teaches biology at Rice University, and alligator expert Cord Eversall, an assistant prof at Stephen F. Austin State University. It's Monday, September 12th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Scott, I hear that you recently went looking for alligators. I did. I did. I, I got to go out uh, to Brazos Bend, which is a place I've been many times with my kids, with my family, and also with my students. But um, this time was different, yeah. actually. State park, lots of trails. Yeah, exactly. It's it's one of my favorite places in the Houston area. Um, and, you know, we always look for alligators when we're out there, and we, we usually see them. But this time was different because I actually went out with some uh, alligator experts. Oh, and that brings us to Cord. Hi, Cord. Hello. How are you? We're good. And so, Scott, what did y'all do out at Brazos Bend? This was, honestly, this was super cool. We got to go out in an airboat, which is just like uh, the, uh, like so much fun, right? I mean, you're, you're cruising around in places where no other boat would be able to go. Um, and in fact, it was sort of a funny moment when we first got there. They, you know, were pulling the airboat behind a, a truck and, and they dropped it off. And but they dropped it off like 20 feet maybe from the shore. And I said to Court, I was like, wait, how are we going to get it to the water? Do we have to like pull it? And he was like, no, we're going to drive it. Water. Drive it straight in. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It hadn't occurred to me that an airboat could drive <laughs> over land. I mean, those things can go anywhere. <laughs> but, you know, if you've been to Brazos Bend, it, it makes sense that you would need that because the lakes are filled with, with plants. I mean, it's like, you know, all kinds of aquatic vegetation. Many of them are very shallow. So we got to go out into uh, Elm Lake, uh, which is one of the, the biggest lakes there, and, um, and, and actually see some alligator nests which was so cool. Okay. And so this was you and Cord? Me and Cord, and also uh, Cord's father, Barry Eversoll. Yeah, so uh, my dad actually works for Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. Uh, He has for for quite some time. Uh, He's a a game warden with the department, and a large part of what he does is is the law enforcement side of that field, the field of natural resources. Uh, But a lot of his job entails dealing with issues with with alligators in that part of the state. Wow. So, Scott, you heard about Cord and his dad, and you thought, these are the guys I want to show me alligators. Oh, absolutely. So I found out about uh, Cord and Barry from uh, the actually the park manager of Brazos Bend State Park, where you know, as I said, I, I I go out there a lot, take my students. So we got a good good working relationship, and we started talking about alligators at one point. And he was like, "Man, you you got to you know you got to talk with with Barry Eversoll and and Cord Eversoll." And I thought, "Wow, this the, you know this sounds really interesting." And I was kind of fascinated also by the fact that it's, you know it's a father son team of, uh, of, of alligator experts. Uh, you know, what, what an interesting story. Um, so yeah, so it was a really amazing opportunity to, to go out 
uh, to a place I know fairly well, but to see a completely different side of Brazos Bend and, you know, the, going out with Cord and, and Barry, um, you know, we went to a, this place that I've been so many times, Elm Lake, you know, there's those great walking path around it. I've been around it so many times. But when you go out on the airboat, you can get uh, to these islands that are in the middle of the lake. There's sort of these long, thin islands and you, you can see them from shore because there's trees growing on them and stuff. But you kind of get around and get up to them. And I didn't realize that there are alligator nests right there on those islands. So we got to actually go right up to them, get out of the airboat, and go check out the nests. Oh, man. What does an alligator nest look like, Cord? So it, so it seems, in my experience, it seems like it always surprises people when they see it for the first time because they're really large. Um, and people, I think, oftentimes have like the image of a bird's nest in their mind and and they sort of look like that because they're they're somewhat made from the same material you know it's vegetation and sticks and dirt and things that are all kind of scratched up um but the eggs are are inside the nest and then they're they're covered so they're not the eggs are not exposed like what you would think um think of when you think of a bird's nest and it serves a, a really important uh, purpose so that vegetation as it decomposes it creates heat um, so if you've ever stuck your hand in in like a mulch pile or a compost pile or anything like that and it's you feel that it's really hot so that heat's created as that um, that organic matter is breaking down and that's sort of the purpose of all that so the so it's incubating the eggs right so it's creating heat it's incubating the eggs and that's a really important aspect of that process in terms of getting those eggs full term uh to the point that you know they hatch and produce hatchlings into the population yeah now is the mama gator hanging around watching the eggs are you and scott in uh, danger? yeah so <laughs> that's what i asked <laughs> <laughs> so we we told him no, but he we we actually were keeping a, a very close eye. On no, uh, so, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the uh -huh. species is actually pretty well known for that. So the females are, do actively guard the nest uh, because nest predation is a is a big issue uh, in terms of nest failure. So there's a lot of different predators out there. Uh, that you know can eat the eggs or that try to get to the eggs and so the um, the females actively guard most of you know most of the nest now it, it does seem that uh, there's some females that guard them more heavily than others um, and most of the nests that we went and looked at with Scott the other day um, we also went in the middle of the day which helps too the it seems like the hotter that it gets the the less aggressive that they are um, that's subjective oh, okay. but uh that's you know that's what it seems <laughs> seems like to us uh and yeah. also alligators that nest on on islands tend to be a little bit less aggressive in terms of nest guarding um as compared to alligators that nest on the shoreline and and the difference there is is primarily the the level of mm -hmm. uh risk i guess you could say so, Cord, what kind of research were you out there doing you're counting the eggs yeah so that's one part of it um so I worked on a on a study for about ten years. We were really interested in trying to determine if females are selecting <clears throat> or using certain habitat types to build their nest, and what you know habitat characteristics are important 
um, in terms of nesting habitat, and then also producing a successful nest and guarding against predators and things like that. And what I've become more interested now in is, is I think some more complex questions that I'm hoping to you know, spend maybe the next 10 years of my life working on. Um, and I've become really interested in microclimates within the nest. So the uh, things like temperature, moisture, and things like that, and how that varies across a spectrum of nesting material and the types of material that are available to a particular you know, female that's building a nest. And then how mm -hmm. that affects uh, what's being produced from an individual nest. What do you mean? by what's being produced. You put alligator eggs in, you get alligators Right, out. so uh, the interesting thing about alligators and with, uh, with many species of, of reptiles is that the temperature in the nest um, is what determines the sex of the individuals that are coming from that nest. And so with a species like alligators, the climate or the characteristics of that nest are really important in terms of determining the, the sex ratio of the alligators that come out of it, or if that nest is even going to survive at all. So there's a kind of a small window, a thermal window and a moisture window in there that that nest has to be maintained at for the eggs to even hatch. And then do you get more males if it's cooler within that range that they survive or if it's hotter? It's one of those things that we know kind of broadly speaking how it works, but there's still a lot that we don't know. So is global warming going to be a big deal for alligators? If they have to have these very precise temperatures. This past June and July were awful. Yeah, here. so that's a question that that I don't think anyone is has really taken on per se. Uh, like Scott and I have talked about this uh, before in the past, and I'm sure there's someone out there that's working on it. But another thing that's probably a little more more relevant in the short term would be. Uh, the concern with drought and, and flooding events. And that's, that's the one that I think is, is really interesting because uh, that's something that it, it's happening right now and it's in the immediate. And it's, it's been an issue with uh, not only the alligators at Brazos Bend and not only the state of Texas, but kind of throughout their range in the United States. And like I mentioned earlier, what we're seeing is that moisture in the nest is a really important factor in terms of uh, nest success. And this year, when we did our initial nest surveys at Brazospin earlier in the year, we hadn't had any rain and it was extremely dry. And when we were counting eggs, the like the material that the nest was made out of was basically like just dust. I mean, it was <laughs> not wet at all. And it should be, it should oh. be almost like mud, you know, it's, it should be really, really wet. I mean, you want it uh, kind of an optimum range uh, would be fairly close to like a hundred percent nest moisture for, for a single nest. And we were getting a uh, nest that had zero moisture and you can get the, the same effect of a drought, that 
you know, you see with these major flooding events where you get, you know, complete nest failure. And so this year you were like kind of holding your breath. after. Yeah. The and I think what saved them this year was we got rain at the, towards the end of the season. Oh, so what were y'all seeing on this trip? Uh, so, you know, we found that uh, the nests looked like they all all successfully hatched. And like I was saying, I think those those late season rains are, are what really saved them this year. Uh, so there's a couple of signs that we look for. You know, obviously the hatchlings are a pretty good sign that it was successful. We look for the eggshells. And then there's certain characteristics you can look for to see if a nest either successfully hatched or if it had been hit by a, a nest predator, such as a raccoon or feral hogs. Um, typically when, when a nest predator gets into them, the nest is really scattered. The eggshells are kind of scattered all over the place. Um, and you know, obviously can't, you can't find the, the hatchlings. So Scott, did you see alligators? We did see some alligators. We saw some alligators that, um, I think were you know, three, four years old. So not, we didn't find the, the hatchlings that, that apparently had just come out of the nests. How big is a three-year-old alligator? Is that a medium alligator? Is that a big alligator? Um, I think it's it's a, a about three feet long, right? Isn't it about? Uh, I think Cord was telling me it's about a, roughly speaking about a foot a year is 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 how how they grow. Is that right? Yeah, Cord? so they'll they'll grow. You know, good rule of thumb um, is about a foot a year up until they reach sexual maturity, which is at you know between six and seven feet. And then once they hit sexual maturity, their growth really slows down because they start putting all that energy towards make more alligators and not, not towards growth. Um, but that, that <laughs> period from the time that they hatch, um, to the, you know, the first about two years of their life is a really important period. That first year probably being more, more important than the second, uh, if they survive their first year, if they can grow, you know, really fast and avoid, um, any kind of predators and in, in those wetlands that they occur in, uh, it's a pretty good chance they're going to make it to adulthood. Um, so that first year of life is, it's, it's pretty hard for them because <laughs> in, in a wetland environment, uh, like I, I was telling Scott, uh, everything out there can eat them, you know, big fish, uh, birds, other alligators. I mean, it's just a kind of a, a, a minefield of, of predators out there. Uh, but once they get to a certain size, there's only a handful of things that, that can really, um, take advantage of them as a meal. So that's the reason they grow so fast, uh, you know, when they're when they're younger, is to reach that size. And, you know, seeing these these nests that had just had the eggs hatch was so cool. I mean, you know, you like I said, I'd never seen an alligator nest um, in person before. I mean, on the one hand, they're so vulnerable because of all the things we've been talking about. And at the same time, these are survivors, right? I mean, alligators have been around for millions of years. They survived the mass extinction event that killed the dinosaurs. I mean, somehow or another, they seem to be able to, to find a way. And it was just so, so remarkable to get to actually see that. Wow. All right. Well, thank you both. This has been really interesting. I've learned a lot. Thanks, Lisa. Yeah, it was a real, real pleasure for me to get to, uh, to go out with Cord and Barry and, and, and learn about the alligators. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. It was always fun. It's always fun talking about alligators. Now, producer Carleon Jones is here with some of the news around Houston. Carly, what is going on today? Hey, Lisa. I have some news that's probably going to excite Dina, the H-E-B fanatic on our team, and probably confuse some listeners because it confused me. 
H-E-B, what I thought was the Texas staple, is now expanding into the DFW area for the first time, with the opening of its Frisco location September 21st. And they're going big, with a 111,000 square foot store, which also will include a true Texas barbecue restaurant, gas station, car wash, drive through pharmacy, which are all the essential H-E-B trademarks. But they aren't stopping there. They're also slated to open one in Plano this fall. That is it for our show today. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and tell a friend. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk with you then. Okay, you can cobble that together.